How much to spend on rent to rent refurbs, the tricks, the tips, the things to watch out for, two ways of splitting these costs and five key considerations. Plus, stay tuned till the end of the episode for a massive, massive bonus. I'm Simon, and a few years ago, I decided I wanted to make a change. I wanted to create a passive reoccurring income to support me and my family today and a legacy for the future. Fast forward two years and I've managed to generate over £10,000 worth of monthly passive income. I've set up the business, scaled the business and now I've systemized the business to free up my time. So join me to find out how I've done it, how others are doing it every day and how you can do it too. Simon here, welcome to another episode of the podcast where we talk all things property, creative cash flow, and of course, How to be financially independent today, not in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, or 25 years. We want to live today. I don't want to be paying a mortgage off for 25 years to eventually become mortgage free and eventually live my best life. I want to force the time down. I want to force the issue and I want to use creative property strategies to be free now. And not only me, but my friends and family, because that's what I'm doing all the time. I'm reinvesting in helping other people kind of get on board and, you know, sack their bosses and come do something that they enjoy, where, as me and Lucy say, we make the rules. That's what it's all about. Don't get me wrong, the cash flow is amazing, but it's what the cash flow brings that we care about. And that's the freedom, the independence, the the security of knowing that you don't rely on too many external factors and other people and a boss or a job or a business or the economy even to feed yourselves and your family. That's what this is all about. So if that sounds good, you are in the right place. Subscribe right now. Head over to YouTube, search Simon Smith online, subscribe. I'm doing weekly videos, multiple videos, in fact, every single week of all things property, rent to rent, where you can actually see in the flesh what I'm talking about. Because as they say, talk is cheap and I give maximum value on this podcast, but One of the things I pride myself on is that I'm doing this stuff on a day-to-day basis. And I just wanted to share my journey, which is why I started this. And look, I do not proclaim to be a guru or anything like that. I'm just a normal guy. And if I can do it, you can do it too. So remember, every single week, new podcast, subscribe, jump onto the YouTube, go and subscribe any comments, anything you want me to cover on either platform, hit me up on Instagram at Simon Smith online. So into today's episode, how much should you spend on your rent to rent deals? 
And I've got some massive, massive value and massive content to share with you today. Okay, and I'm going to do it in two parts. The first part is when I look at the costs associated with my rent to rent deals, I split them in to two categories. Category one are the expenses, okay, on the property or acquiring the property that you will never get back. I'm talking about agency fees. I'm talking about first month's rent. I'm talking about carpets that are fitted, blinds that are fitted. Um, you know, if you was to paint and decorate the property, you can't rip the paint off the wall in two years down the line and take it away. So I like to split the costs into two, okay? The first one is the things that you will never get back. The second thing are company assets. These are the things that if the deal didn't work out for any reason, you would be able to take these items or things from the property and sell to release some of your capital or use in a different deal. So that's the first thing I do. Um, I split the costs and my aim is to make sure that my break-even point is on the costs I cannot get back, okay? And then sometimes what I will do is I will also add 50% of the costs. <laughs> this is getting a little bit complicated. Let me simplify this. Whew. You got a deal. It's going to cost you £5,000 to do the deal. £2,500 is on, let's say, an agency fee and let's say carpets and painting and decorating. Okay, you'll never get them back. The other two and a half thousand pounds is on a new fridge freezer, a TV, um, and other furnishing, furnishing, furniture and dressings. You will get this back, but not at the full rate because you do need to account for depreciation. So I know 50% off that. So you've got two and a half grand that you will never get back and 1250 that you're probably going to lose in terms of the depreciation, which means the real figure that you need to be looking at is 3,750. It's not 5,000. So that's the first thing. Interesting. Okay. That's the first thing. Then once I've got that figure, there's five key considerations that I look into as to whether it's worth me investing that money. And I'm going to go through them right now. Make sure you tune in till the end of the podcast because I'm going to be giving you an extra little tip, which I think could be a game changer, okay? A massive, massive game changer that a lot of people overlook. But into the five key considerations. Number one, break-even point. On that figure, which in this example, it's not £5,000, the total investment, it's all the money that you can't get back, 2,500, 100%, and then 50% of the company assets, which is £2,500 divided by 2, 1250, because there is going to be depreciation and there's going to be some hassle and running around um, in relation to this that I think needs to be accounted for. So £3,750. The first thing I want to know is how long is it going to take me to break even? So what I would do is I would quick, quick, let's do quick maths. If the property is going to cash flow a thousand pounds per month 
and your investment is 3750 you're going to break even in just shy of four months. And my rule is I want to break even in less than six months, but ideally in less than four months. And some of mine break even extremely, extremely quickly. Okay, that's the first thing I'm looking at. The second thing I'm looking at is the cash flow. Because I'm okay investing a little bit more if I know that the cash flow is big. So if I got a deal that was going to cash flow £1,500 and I had to invest seven grand, I possibly would because I'd break even in still less than six months and it kind of feels worth it. But if I'm having to invest a lot of money for £500 a month, then not only will that intrinsically slow down the break-even point, but I just don't know if it's going to be worth the risk. And in those instances, I would try and lean on the landlord to contribute. So it doesn't mean it's not a deal. It just means you'll need the landlord to contribute. Another sort of little factor on point two, as well as the cash flow, is the strength of the deal. Like how hard is this deal going to be to fill? If it's an amazing property, an amazing area with huge potential and the cash flow is okay, but you just know it's going to let itself out, you should take that into consideration as well. Number three is a key one, the length of the agreement. Massive. Massive. I don't mind creeping up at six months, maybe even a tiny bit more if I've got the property for five years because I've still got four and a half years to cash flow it. I don't want to be break even. Um, I don't want to be breaking even at the six month point if I've only got the property for 18 months or, or you know, a year even. Watch out for the short-term agreements because you're not giving yourself a realistic window, including voids and any obstacles that could come your way to still claw that money back. And remember, we're doing this to make money. That's the whole point. We want to create cash flow. It's no point just having a deal. I speak to so many people, yeah, I want a deal. Yeah, I've got a deal. Yeah, I want a deal. The deal is not the end result. The end result is creating cash flow and adding value, helping the landlord, providing great accommodation for the tenant, and of course, making some cash flow. So watch out for your length of agreement. Longer the length of the agreement, the better in terms of you being able to break even and get your return. Number four, often overlooked, it's the landlord situation. If the landlord seems extremely confident that they're done with this property for the foreseeable future and they're based 400 miles away and they just want to be completely hands-free, then I'd be a lot more open to investing a little bit more because I kind of do get the impression, I get the, the gut feeling that we are going to have the property for the enti entire term. If somebody's a little bit wishy-washy, maybe they're a professional landlord, they've got other properties, they still like to do the maintenance themselves and any of that, then you know, I wouldn't feel confident enough investing a massive outlay knowing that, mm, am I really, you know, are we going to see this agreement out? Or are you going to maybe, you know, change the goalposts or, or, or do something that could just compromise my investment? Remember, Warren Buffett says, first rule of investment, don't lose money. Second rule of investment, 
don't lose money. Third rule of investment, yeah, you, you guessed it. Point number five is simple, but this is the great part about rent to rent. If you've been good to a landlord and held their property for three, five years and they're the retirement age and they do want to release their capital, who do you think they're going to sell it to? They're going to sell it to you. And I'm already um, adding lease options and stuff like that to some of my agreements. And I've already got gentleman agreements with landlords that I've got great relationships with that have no intention of selling this property to anybody but me. And, you know, that's amazing. So once again, if you've got a strong intonation that this is a property you would like to own one day, then as long as you're not overdoing it, then you may be willing to invest slightly more money, depending on the cash flow. But try not to go over the six months break even and try and follow the five key considerations. You won't go too far wrong. Now for this little extra bonus point, which as I said, a lot of you do not um, consider, and it's really, really important to consider. I speak to so many people and they're so fixed on the minimum amount you would accept for um, to go in a deal. In other words, is there a golden figure that as long as you're making that amount of money, you're happy to do the deal, like 500 pounds? And this is flawed. And the reason it's flawed is because if each room's 750 pound and you're making only 500 pound, then one room empty would be losing you 250 pounds. That's why we don't focus on the figure you're making. We focus on the ratio more on that in how to crunch the figures on HMO. And I'll post a link to that in the description of this episode for you to go back and check it out. It's got tons of value. But follow your gut. No new kitchens, no new bathrooms. Follow your gut and work with the landlord. That's the biggest golden nugget I can offer you because it's not your property. And most people would be willing to invest a little bit of money if they know they don't have to do anything for five years. So what I always do is I ask the question. I never tell the landlord what's wrong with their property. I always ask them what they think. You know, do you have any plans to do anything? Uh, what would you do? You know, what do you think we should do about those carpets? What do you think we should do about that? Do you think this is going to be good enough? And let them tell me. And then when they tell me, I then say, well, how, how do you want to work that out? And sometimes it's a case of, well, I tell you what, if you replace the carpets and the blinds, we'll do the painting and decorating. We'll add the white goods and we'll fully furnish the property. But as you can see from that, furnishing the property and adding the white goods are going to be company assets, which are going to be the second form of um, expenses, which I don't deem the same as investment you would never get back. Currently doing a deal and I've got it for five years. I'm painting and decorating a property. I'm doing the carpets on the property. Um, I'm doing the blinds on the property. I'm going to fully furnish the property. The landlord's changed the boiler. The landlord's added some additional central heating. Um, the landlord cleared the property and the landlord's offered to give us two months preparation period, 
which gives us a bit of time to claw that money back because they didn't really want to have any more outlay. So that's important. Make sure that you communicate with the landlord because at the end of the day, it's all right you saying, yeah, I'm going to need a contribution. But if they haven't got no money or if they've just spent however much on buying a house, they're not going to be able to do that. So you can find creative ways. And that's the bonus point. If you can find a way for win-wins and be flexible and utilize a preparation period, then be prepared to sometimes put the initial money in knowing that you'll get two months free to make the money back. And I guess that's so much value for this episode. I don't really know what else to say um, other than the key thing with breaking even and how much you should spend is going to be how much you can earn. And if you want to know more about how you can maximize your cash flow through rent to HMO and rent to SA, yeah, if you want to know more about that, hit me up on Instagram at Simon Smith online. I'd love to help. Um, and yeah, you know what it is, whatever you do, don't wait 25 years. Stop procrastinating. Get creative. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out simonsmithonline.com. See you next time.